Welcome to the Sassy Soul Sisters Podcast. My name is Heather, and I'm a psychic medium, teacher, and intuitive healer. My name is Cody, and I'm a body-mind coach, massage therapist, and intuitive. We are here to empower you on a healing journey, whether it's your first step or your 800th step. Healing is a practice, not a destination. Join us as we dive into all kinds of topics in a sassy and soulful way. Welcome to the Sassy Soul Sisters podcast. We are excited today to dive into the topic of teaching our children purpose. Hi, I'm Cody. And I'm Heather. And we are the Sassy Sassy Soul Soul Sisters. Sisters. Today we're talking about teaching our children purpose and why it is so important. All right, so let's talk purpose real quick. Purpose ultimately is who you show up as in the world, what you are here to do on this planet or just in this reality. But it's not necessarily about your job or your title or your being a parent or being a mother or a daughter or whatever. Um, It's really the way in which you show up to all of those tasks, if you will, or all of those identity. So... Let's talk for people fully on purpose. Yep. So if you're like, okay, well, if it's not my job, my title, being a parent, well, what? how do I know what my purpose is? So how would I be able to teach that to my kids? Ultimately, purpose is about your being. And we did a really great deep dive into doing versus being on our last deep dive podcast. So if you want to check that out, please do. Um, But purpose is really about who are you being in the world? How are you showing up in the world? Um, You know, it's like your being is about grace. Are you showing up as a graceful person? Are you embodying grace? Mm -hmm. Are you being kind? Your purpose is about, you know, being the embodiment of love and generosity. What does that look like? How does that show up? Because you know, being grace or being love or being kindness or being compassion or healing or encouragement or generosity, those show up in all aspects of our lives, in our relationship, in our job, in our, you know, the way in which we drive, how we treat people, how we treat strangers, how we treat friends. And that's really what purpose is about is it's about Who are you being in this world? You're constantly being somebody that, oh, I'm always busy and I'm busy and busy, 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 and everyone thinks that you're busy. Well, then is your purpose busyness? Right. Is that what your life is all about? And inadvertently, you could be manifesting that. And you could be manifesting that over and over. Ultimately, the question is, what what do you want to choose your purpose to be? And I like to also play around and think about the idea of purpose is something that you want to learn or build within yourself. So I have chosen that my purpose in life ultimately is related to grace. And it's because I really want to learn and understand what does it mean to live a life aligned and in uh, integrity with grace. And it challenges me every step of the way. In fact, sometimes my life is not full of grace. It's full of blunders. It's full of judgments and angry and my own inner Karen judging and being mad at everybody. (laughs) 
You know, I'm, I am human. I'm imperfect. I will never tell anyone that I have it all figured out. In fact, dear God, I hope I don't have it all figured out. So I have more to learn because I love learning. (laughs) And in that way, like for me, learning is a purpose. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to understand more. And that teaches me a lot um, just about life and, and about living. And it also reminds me that if ultimately my purpose is about learning and growing, then it doesn't matter how the outcome turns out or what happens. What matters is what am I learning from it? And that's a being. That's a being. Mm-hmm. What about you? How do you see purpose? Dear Heather. I, I see purpose a lot the same way, a lot being in the present moment uh, and practicing what it is to be in the present moment. I too have words. <laughs> My words of purpose are peace. Now that was a big one um, that's been with me for some time. And it took a lot of learning and growing <laughs> into peace. Because in order for your purpose to truly show to others and for you to be able to guide others with your purpose, if your purpose is peace, you have to realize what peace means for yourself. You have to realize what your purpose means for you. And peace did not look like a person on a yoga mat doing meditation to me. It meant being challenged with situations that I didn't fully understand for myself and for others. And in that, finding how peace is interwoven in everything and how there can be peace even in the most challenging of times. And in learning that, being able to share that with other people. You could almost think of it as an an embodied experience of something that um, is higher uh, higher minded or has a higher mm-hmm. vibration, if you will. Yes. But it's embodying something that allows you to grow into something greater than you ever could have imagined. Um, but it's it's really it's again it's I'm going to go back to the word embody because it's about in the body, feeling it, being it. It's not a doing. I think so often we get confused that purpose yeah. is about your job, you know. Yeah. Well, my purpose in this life is to, you know, be the greatest mommy ever. I have a great example on this. Okay, good. I have a great example. Go. Okay. So one of my other purposes on this planet, oh, and which you can I have, know. You can have multiple purposes. Yes, is being a teacher. Now this one's fun because one of my professions is as a teacher. In AA and NA, I'm a sponsor. So that's a guide, a teacher, a coach, helping people. And so... For me, part of that purpose is also we know if anyone's a teacher and you're listening, we know that the teachers get taught by the teaching. Yes. So every time, in every situation, in my purpose, even in my career, especially in my career um, with teaching children and adults, that when I'm teaching them certain lessons that I think that they really need to get this lesson on how to be quiet and stop talking. I need that lesson too. And so that is the embodiment of purpose and also having it as as a job. 
as an avenue of income. Right. As a role be- or a title. And that's in the being. Because I could be a teacher who just went to my job every day and did the scripted textbook teaching. Um, and I, I could teach that way. And I could get paid that way. But that would not be my purpose. Yep. That would that, not be living from an embodied state. No. Mm-mm. So that's what we're talking about in this episode. And when you're teaching your children about purpose, it's teaching them truly what purpose is, which is really a, an embodied experience. And I definitely am going to give, we're going to give a lot of different actionable items and yeah. exercises that you can use to practice. Um, and you can use to practice. I always am going to encourage everyone, doesn't matter whether you have kids or you're a grandparent or you're an aunt and uncle or- guardian. Or you don't have kids at all, but you, you know, are are around kids in the family or whatever. All of what we're about to suggest is actionable items to work with kids on is to also work with yourself on. Yep. Because you ultimately, like she was saying with the teaching, it's a perfect segue to you cannot teach what it is you are not actually practicing because you will not be the knower and coming from a place of knowing when teaching is a much more valuable and powerful place to come from. So, you know, it's not the do what I say, not what I do. No, if you're going to embody purpose, you better be doing it and you better be being it and you better be saying it. Um, so that's what I have to give. And of course, you can practice grace and compassion. <laughs> At the same time, right? You can, you can embody <laughs> compassion in doing and saying. You can also reflect on if your kids catch you not doing what you said you 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 know you needed to be doing, well then use that as an invitation to honor what it means to be gentle and be kind and to yourself and to others and mm-hmm. to be gentle and to embody the purpose of kindness or compassion when it comes to making mistakes. Because we're all going to make them. We're yep. all going to make them. And that leads into our first actionable item. Woo-hoo! Woo! <laughs> Is teaching children compassion for others and ultimately for self. If we're constantly focused on others' shortcomings, how are we ever going to examine ourselves? If we don't show ourselves the utmost kindness, how will we ever have boundaries in life to be able to hold so that we can reach our full potential? And if we can't be kind to ourselves, how do we ever expect to be able to be kind to another? Or if we're constantly looking at our shortcomings um, of ourselves and of others, then we're literally conditioning our brain to only see shortcomings. So actually conditioning or teaching yourself self-compassion and compassion for others, you're nurturing what you want to receive is something you first need to give kind of goes back to, you know, that old adage, as you give, so you shall receive. Mm -hmm. As you give to yourself, as you give to others, so you shall receive. So the best place to look at this in your life is where are the places you wish people would treat you with more compassion? Or where you know yourself, your inner dialogue is not compassionate. Those are the places to actually begin. If there's a work situation where you want to receive more compassion from your boss for understanding where you're at, then practice having compassion for where you are at, giving that compassion to yourself, and maybe practice having compassion for your boss in their perspective, in what they are going through with Mm -hmm. handling or not understanding wherever you are. That's where we get a practice, and it's that's where the work actually shows up, where the rubber meets the road, and we, we, we have to do things that challenge us. 
like sitting down with your child and asking them how you could be more compassionate to them. Absolutely. What parent does that make uncomfortable? Or sitting down with your employees and saying, how can I be more compassionate to you? Yeah. And giving them the freedom to know that whatever they say is okay. Yep. Because it's coming from them. They have the right to say it. And they may bring up some things that you're not ready to hear because it's going to call you on some shit. And that's okay. And the same can be true for your children. You know, yeah. children's children, truly children are such an incredible mirror. Yes. For what we either need to learn, have to learn, can learn, the potential of learning. They're a mirror for us to understand ourselves at a deeper level. I have a good example. <laughs> so as a mom, my daughter is five and... So she had been having some bad dreams. Very typical for anybody who's had kids or aunts and uncles, you know, at five years old, their brain is really still developing and they're getting senses of different stuff. Any intuitive children are going to start having a lot of dreams. And so we've done some different stuff, but she had a series where she was waking up in the night consistently a few nights in a row. And as parents, we know that when you run to all the activities and you're doing your day job and you're cooking the dinner and you're cleaning the house, then at 1130 at night, when you are blissfully in like REM sleep and all of a sudden, like your child's crying for the third night in a row. I'm just going to say it. We're not always compassionate. No. And one night I had to catch myself because I went in there and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on? There's no monster. And then I was like, Ew. <laughs> and I caught myself in that moment and I was able to sit with my daughter and say, you know, I'm sorry about that. Mom's half asleep and I'm, I'm a little too tired. I need to get a little more rest maybe this weekend because I'm too snappy. So why don't you go ahead and tell me what's going on? So how does that relate to purpose? The, the way that relates to purpose is being able to be present, showing up in the present moment, apologizing if necessary. Um, if, if purpose is really about, you know, being and being present, then we have to catch the moments in which we are not. And compassion can be our gateway to healing those parts that are separated, healing those parts of us that are disjointed and coming into the present moment so we can do that. That's fantastic. Good. All right. So good. Action item number two. Let your children lead. Ooh. Mm. So good. Letting your um, – if you guys haven't seen that movie called Yes Day, I highly suggest it. Um, it's a fantastic concept and it's a fantastic movie. Those, the parents and the kids learned so much during that movie. It's great for any family. Yes. So how can a person discover the depth of who they are if they're always following another person's voice? Okay. So we want our children to be independent, right? We want them to discover what their purpose is. Right. But if... If we're constantly telling them. Yes. If we're constantly telling them who they should be, how they should act, how they should talk, what they should do, how they should dress, everything, it actually, it keeps them from discovering what they enjoy, who they want to be. It, it keeps their soul from actually shining through. It does because we all have a different way of being on this earth. We all have a different purpose on this earth. So we're not all going to do things the same way. Nope. We're not all going to 
choose the same thing. If you ask five people how to get one thing done, you would get five different ways. Yep. If you ask Cody and I the way to get one thing done. Like if I ask you, Cody, yes. how to drive to Slab's Barbecue that your husband owns. Right. What, what would be your thing? You would get in your car and in you would- car, drive down, you know, I-35 South and then take the north end uh, around downtown Loop. Heather's way. I live in Wyandotte County. My brain functions very differently. I will use my GPS or I will not get there. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to get there. It's two different ways. Two, two different thought patterns. If, two if very can, different ways. You know? And it is important, of course, with kids, yes, you want to lead your children yes. and teach them, yes. you know, uh, the safe ways of doing things or, you know, those kinds of things like making sure that you hold your hand as you cross the street, making sure you, you know, are careful around a hot oven or a stove, you know, those things are really important. Don't talk, there's stranger danger, okay? It's for real. Um that is highly important. It is really important. Because we're going to, how do I put this? We are guiding our children, but we can let them lead on some of their choices. Right. Because it lets them feel into what their purpose is and will become and into the being of that moment. Like Olivia, some mornings I will ask her, I'll say, do you want mommy to pick out your clothes or do you want to pick out your outfit? And I will guide her because I'm sorry you can't wear the Jojo Siwa uh, no-sleeve dress when it's 40 degrees outside. Right. It's not an option. And we explain why that's not an option. Because she'll pick it every single day because it's her <laughs> favorite thing. But at the same time, I'm not saying, no, you can't wear that. I'm saying, honey, you can't wear that today because it's 40 degrees outside and you're going to be cold. Could you pick a different option? And she will. Most of the time, her socks don't match. Mom's socks don't always match, <laughs> right? And she may wear a shirt and pants that totally match. She may wear clothes that don't match that at fit at all. all. And you know what? She's in preschool and getting ready to go to kindergarten. Awesome. She's finding her sense of self. Yes. So I had a really great experience when I was growing up. My mom, um, we did have, you know, I was in high school. We had the the conversations, the drug conversation, Ooh, the sex yeah, conversation, uh -huh. all those. Um, but I used to ask her all the time, like, hey, can I dye my hair? Hey, can I wear, you know, funny makeup or whatever? And my mom was always really funny. She was like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. I don't care. Where my friends and their parents would be like, no, you can't dye your hair purple. What are you talking about? But I asked my mom one time, I said, why, why is it okay for me to like dye my hair purple? Right. And she said, if you're dyeing your hair purple and I let you do that and I let you express yourself in all these different ways, then maybe you won't try and express yourself with drugs and alcohol. And I was like, whew, it's a good one. Perfect example because <laughs> the person who struggled with drugs and alcohol that's on this podcast, um, I was made to feel bad for dyeing my hair, cutting my hair, wearing certain clothes. I was gothic in high school, you know, and everybody had a lot to say on that. So I always, where Cody's mom was like, yes, embrace the thing. Yeah, do the weird Parts things. of my family were like, you are so weird. This is not right. 
right? So yeah. We, we see those are some good examples those there. Those are some really good examples. So that's a way in which you can help your your child lead. There's another fun way um, for like small kids. So my sister-in-law does a really great job with her daughter, Annabelle. They cook together. Oh, yeah. And so a lot of times when they're cooking and baking, they she sets time aside to do baking with her. And she teaches Annabelle like – the flour to use and putting it in the cup and how to do it. But then she'll like, she'll show Annabelle and then she'll just let Annabelle do it. Even if it takes a full like five minutes to get one cup of flour into the bowl. And even if half of the cup ends up on the floor, (laughs) but that's small ways in which you can really allow your children to lead or to take the leader to do things um, that allows them over time to build that trust in themselves, to build that presence in their body and in themselves, and to build their sense of purpose over time. All right. Okay. Number three, (laughs) talk to your children and fully listen. We have a hard time with this one because Going back to the <laughs> going back to the the other video that we did about doing versus being, so often, especially as adults with children, whether you have kids or like me, I feel like I'm the eternal aunt of all of my of all the children in my life. Um, is we get busy in what we are doing, yep, and we ignore the presence of fully being present, right? I, yes, I may be putting the dishes away, but I can intently listen to the story that you're telling me for the 800th time about Frozen and how you love Elsa. I can listen to that fully engaged and intentionful. And I can also let them know when maybe I'm tired of hearing the same story and ask them if we can talk about something else. Mm -hmm. But I'm doing it with presence. And I'm doing it truly engaging and listening and wanting to understand. Because think about it for yourself. When, you know, your partner comes home and they're like, how was your day? But they're doing all this other stuff and they're distracted or they're sitting on their phone looking at TikToks while you try and tell them about your day. How, how like, dismissed do you feel? Right. So the idea here is when you actually talk to your children and listen to them fully, you are embodying the example of being in presence. And when you're in presence with your children, it lets them open emotionally to you, socially to you, and it helps them with processing and sitting with their own emotions. So with my daughter, we will often talk about different emotions. It's a huge thing. My grandmother did it with me. And I thank her for it every day. And I've learned more on it during my life. And I'm really impressed, actually, when I'm when I'm around the two of them or, or we're on a phone call, because like we've been on a phone call while Olivia's in the car, like just picked her up from work or what or school or whatever. And, you know, where where she is maybe having an emotional expression. She's angry. She's frustrated. She's whatever. She's getting impatient with her mom. Heather will stop the conversation with her and I. And become fully present to have a conversation with Olivia about her feelings. And I'm just (laughs) sitting there on the phone like, oh, I need to take notes about this for myself. This is real good. (laughs) So tell them. Tell them what you do. Yeah. So, well, we just, we talk about our actual feelings. And we talk about what different emotions mean. So a big one is 
Patrick, her dad, and I always let her know that we are never angry at her. And now some people are going to listen to this and be like, okay, Heather, you're never angry. Okay. What we teach her is this, that anger is a base emotion. It is a cover. It's a blanket for deeper roots of how someone is feeling. When we get to the stage of anger, I believe that it is because we have not acknowledged what we have been going through underneath that. So we may be frustrated and then we pop off angry. We might be disappointed in someone's choices or how someone treated us. Or feel hurt or hurt. feel rejected. Yeah. And so we get angry, i.e. defensive. We're trying to control the situation yes. to feel better. And so she knows now that like the other night she didn't want to practice her dance. And I said, okay, you have to practice your dance because it's, it's part of the commitment that you made and we can, we can do it a couple of different ways. And she just was not having it. And I said, you know, mom, mom, I'm frustrated right now. So I'm going to take a second. And then she ended up in like full blown meltdown tears. Right. And I did excused myself. I had not used a loud voice and then I came back to her and I said, do you need a moment? And so she said, yes, please. She goes to her room. She has her moment because this is how she processes. And I let her, we have the cry it out. Sometimes you just need to cry it out for a second because you need, she knows it's an emotion. She's like, I'm just emotional right now. <laughs> and so then I go in and talk to her. And I so, also hope that some of you are recognizing that you too can do this for yourself. Okay. Keep going. Yes. <laughs> So then I go into her room and I sit down with her and we know with any human, you never want to tower over anybody or be right in their face, you know? So I sit down with her and I'm like, do you want to talk about it? Can we talk about it together? And she's like, yes. And I said, okay, what, what, what just happened there? And she's like, I'm disappointed in myself because I know I need to practice my dance. And I was, I was being rude and stubborn. <laughs> She's five. She's also a projector. She is. So like she's he, very human, in tune human with herself. <laughs> yes. And so then we talked about it and I, I told her, I said, you know, I got frustrated, but I wasn't fully in the right because I could have asked you, would you like giving you an option? Would you like to rest right now and practice your dance later before bed? Or would you like to practice your dance now and then rest before bed? Which would you like? Because in life, as an adult, I expect people to give me choices. I don't like when people tell me just what to do in a moment. And she was like, I was actually tired, mom. So can I do it before bed? Perfect. Oh my gosh, look at that. But that's two-way communication with your child. Because she also said, I was being rude and disrespectful. You know, she knew her part in it. I knew my part in it. And we learn together. And that's a part of, you know, teaching, also helping your your child understand there are two parts of it. So talking to your child and listening fully is, yes, seeing how they're actually feeling in the situation and not dismissing it, not belittling it, not, not taking it as something else, not trying to teach them in it. But it's also to get honest in the situation about what was your part. If you are going to teach a child or anyone in your life that is younger than you, please do not try and teach your adults. <laughs> unless, okay, unless you're an adult teacher of uh, emotional stuff <laughs> or a coach of some kind. Right. Um, 
if you're going to teach your kids to take ownership of what is theirs, you have to embody taking ownership of what is yours in the situation. So that's also where this is, uh, uh, in the beginning, I said this is an invitation for you to do your own work, is to, you know, maybe talk to yourself and listen fully. <laughs> talk to your loved ones and listen fully. Practice that so you can really be the teacher of that for your kids. Children become purposeful when they can empathize with other people on a deep level. You have to empathize with them on a deep level so that they understand how to do it. All right, number okay. four, teach them about the variety of life. I love this one <laughs> so <laughs> much. Good. Dive in, dive in. <laughs> okay, so there is so much in our world to learn and to see and to do. Let your children guide you to what they are interested in. Teach them to listen to what you're interested in and what others are interested in also, because variety shows us all the possibilities in life. A huge thing for my daughter is teaching her that life does not begin and end with Kansas City, Missouri or Kansas City, Kansas. That there is a big, wide world out there full of diversity, other cultures, other ways to live life things to learn and a planet to take care of. And we try to instill that in her, my wife and Olivia's dad, we try to instill that in her every day, 365 days a year, right? That there's a variety of people. There's a variety of belief systems. Mm -hmm. um, she went to a Christian preschool, yet she also knows where the Buddhist temple is in town. And she knows about the Islamic faith and she knows about Hare Krishna's and she knows about Hinduism and about Wicca and just that there's, and at five years old, she's just like, this is cool. Cause she's like, people can believe what they feel they want to believe. And so we're teaching that now that is not always the way people are raised. No, it isn't. And you know, we respect that as well. We respect we do. that Absolutely. it may not be um, in your practice that you want your yeah. children to know about multiple faiths, but maybe I'll let them experience the variety of life through uh, different cultures, you know, people that are born in Africa versus people that are born in Europe versus people that are born here in the United States. They are raised different. They're probably going to have different cultural backgrounds, different ways of thinking and being in the world. I remember when I lived in Italy, the uh, it was kind of just an un unconscious like way of being in Italy was to like always be 20 minutes late. Um, in fact, it is... <laughs> It was disrespectful for you to be uh, 10 or 15 minutes early. Um, and that, of course, is in like direct opposition <laughs> to everything that the United States or America <laughs> can stand for. Yes. And I, always, I found that really fascinating. And it really challenged me to not judge people based on whether they are on time or always late. It's kind of like, well, maybe they were raised in a culture that you know, being on time was somewhere somewhere between the time we said and 20 minutes after. That's on time. Yes. <laughs> and it's all contextual. If we're in, you know, if we're in another country, if we're in another culture, if we're in another family dynamic, how can we respect that? Why this is important for 
understanding purpose is to teach them or help people understand, even helping yourself understand that we all have a variety of purposes in this lifetime, in this yeah. world. We all, we don't all have the same, not everyone is going to have the same purpose of kindness. You know, maybe their purpose is going to be, um, is going to come out in, in forgiveness. And so in the process of forgiveness, they do things that require forgiveness. <laughs> I have one friend that, and her word is forgiveness. That's part of her purpose in life. And it has been so cool to see her step into that purpose and like how life has changed and evolved for her as she stepped into that and how it's changed for many of us who are around her. Yes. It's so, so cool. And that comes from the variety of life, you know, trying different foods, trying, seeing different cultures, uh, going to museums and looking at history. I mean, there's a variety of ways that you can explore the variety of life. Knowing that just because something has been a certain way in your family does not mean that you will continue that ancestral line in that way. Yep. There is a huge line on both sides of my mom and my dad that was all around addiction. I became aware of that very early on. And so I chose new rules. I chose new ways of being actively, consciously, and created healthy boundaries for myself around them. Same. (laughs) Same. We're teaching Olivia at five years old. I'm very open that I uh, am in recovery and that I help other people in recovery And so Olivia already has a very uh, variety view of what drugs and alcohol look like in the world. And also at the same time that it doesn't matter that addiction touches every life. It can, it doesn't matter how much money you make or who you are or where you come from. Addiction can touch your life. If it's there, it's a disease. And so we teach these, these things to, Yep. You know, and ultimately that brings us to um, our next actionable item, which is be the example for your children. Are you living your purpose? Are you healing and going after your dreams? Did you just call some people out? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. I think I did. <laughs> you know, it is. It is. It is a challenge to want something but then to actually show up to the work of going after it. So I have a lot of people in my world that will say, oh yeah, I totally want to change. Oh, I totally want to change. I don't know. There's probably three people that have circled around my uh, around my business, around my life, come to maybe a workshop here or workshop there. And they always say, oh my gosh, I, I so need to book a session with you, <clears throat> Heather, um, in booking a massage. <laughs> I really do need to get that on the books for May. You literally have said that three months in a row. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But the funny part is, you know, and I trust her. She's obviously doing her own work. We're both doing our own work in our own way. But I have people that, you know, they say that they want to change. They say that they want a different reality. They say they want more peace. They want more, you know, uh, ease. They want more joy. They want more whatever. Or they just want to accomplish a goal. They want to write a book. They want to open a business. They want to do whatever. You got to show up in the trenches, in the work, when it's difficult, when it's uncomfortable, and you have to face yourself. You have to face all the ways in which you stop yourself from doing the work, healing, growing, changing, and you have to show your kids or the people around you 
what it means to do that. And you don't have to be perfect. There's no such thing as being the perfect example for your child no. or being the perfect human. No. Okay. We're not talking about that. We're throw talking, that out the window. Please throw it out the window. Bury it under eight feet of dirt. Dig <laughs> it back up. Rebury it. It's dead. It's gone. Stop it. So <laughs> I think somebody needed to hear that today. Amen. Amen. Okay. <laughs> but you're, you're showing up as an example right? You're showing up to it. There's times in my friendship groups where showing up for me meant pulling back and telling friends I'm pulling back. Or no, I can't right now. Or no, I, I can't right now. Or and I understand. I said yes, but today I cannot. Today I cannot. And maybe for the next couple of months I cannot. And that you don't have to really explain yourself further than than a, than a healthy boundary. No, be the example for your kids with your, with your boundaries. Cause I, I really believe that in, in the being of living your purpose, you set healthy boundaries mm-hmm. and your boundaries don't necessarily look like the next person. I think we've said that a lot. Everybody's journey is individual. Yep. It's not going to look the same. And I think there's a really important thing here in, in being the example for your children. So I'm going to talk about my experience with my mom a little bit. And there's two parts of this because my mom was incredible. She was a single mom that took care of me and she absolutely did the very best with what she could. And she taught me so much and gave me so much. But I also watched her be really unhappy in a job that she kind of wrapped her identity up in, but it really wasn't something that that set her soul on fire or really was she was overly passionate about she was passionate about it to some degree and she was definitely passionate about aspects of it but there was a lot where she would come home and she would just be crying because she was so burnt out and so exhausted and in so much mental and emotional and physical pain and she stayed and I I was always confused by that because I was like what why are you perpetuating your suffering like stop and a part of that, you know, she started to go to a massage school and I fell in love with the massage school and I said, oh, I really want to do this. And so she did what most parents do, which is the ultimate sacrifice where they pay for their kids to do the thing that they were going to do. But I almost look back on that situation and to some degree, I I almost wish she would have said, why don't we save up money for you to do this when you're a little bit older? Because I was 16 at the time. And you focus on school and I will get my massage license because it's something I am passionate about. And I always think back to that moment of like, if she had selfishly said yes to her own inner pull, her own inner purpose, her own inner desire to be a healer, would she have maybe worked through some of this stuff and healed herself and she would still be with us today? I would take that a thousand times over, uh, me having the experience of being a massage therapist (laughs) because I could have gone to school later. I didn't have to go then. She could have said yes to herself and went after the things and taught me what it was to live purpose in that way. Now, of course, she has taught me so much. So this isn't a disrespecting or feeling like she, you know, shouldn't have done that. It's just for the parents out there that Sometimes the most important thing you can do for the kids in your life is to go after the things that you are most passionate about because it's you teaching them how to go after what you're passionate about. And that's what's really important. I'm really glad that you brought up that story. (laughs) So glad because often 
as parents, we can get caught up in, we love our children so much and we get caught up in, we must do everything for them and we come to the back burner. Living your purposeful life in front of your children, having them witness it, having them be a part of it is going to help drive their purpose. Because if they don't see someone living their true purpose, it's going to be harder for them, may take a little bit longer for them to know their own. Exactly. All right. And this will bring us to our next action item, number six, or number seven, sorry. Dreams don't have to involve money or monetary things. You and uh, your kids can dream and tap into the depths of what your soul is, what your heart is, and you can live those through the embodiment of your being. You don't have to like make money to do them. You don't have to, you know, have the shiny car or the shiny new shoes for the kid or... It's kind of like teaching them that purpose is about who you are at the depths of your soul rather than what you're wearing or what you're living in or anything that's monetary or money. Often if you have children, especially, well, I'm just going to say children in general, no matter what age they are, um, we look at, you know, the kid that's at the store going, you know, mommy, mommy, or daddy, daddy, can I have this toy? Can I have this toy? Well, we're not going to buy them every single toy, uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no shame in your game if you do. That's that's your thing. I'm just saying. Uh, it's really great, though, in that moment of saying a no on a toy to give a chance to explain about purpose. Because you can explain to your child, or even to yourself, <laughs> that today we, we don't need that toy. Let's save up for an experience. Yeah. And that ultimately... That let's go to the park and spend time with each other. There's more than just things. Yeah. There's memories. There's experience. What's the thing um, your mother-in-law said it last night oh, when yeah, we were yeah. all together? Uh, we're building... We're making memories. So we and I told all, you about that on one of the other podcasts, and then you got to yes, experience it. Yes, and then last I night. have been using it in my own family. And so then last night, before my hug from Cody's mother in law, I hear, Tonight we made a memory. And I was like, Oh, yes, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. Because that's what it's about. We really got to teach our kids that there's nothing wrong with having the Prada bag. If that's what you want and you've worked for it, awesome, perfect. Having a nice car, having a nice home, There's having a nice, nice, having for the kids, having that, you know, that, that amazing video game that all their best friends have, or that amazing bright red bicycle that they really want. Awesome. Don't be ashamed of those things, but also realize that none of that stuff can they take with them. And most of that stuff, they're not going to remember that you gave it to them. They're going to remember the times that you were there for them, the times that you listened to them, and how you helped guide them to get to where they're going to be when they are older. Yep. Mm -hmm. One of my uh, favorite memories, so um, 
one of the 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 guys that my mom dated who was who was a stepfather for me for a little while um he did buy me a pair of diamond rings but i rarely remember those i do remember in vivid detail him taking about an hour to teach me how to change the tire on my car oh my gosh that's that's profound what i remember yeah and that didn't require buying something expensive for me Mm -hmm. um in fact you know there was a little bit of a tainted memory with the earrings and it was something that was expensive Mm -hmm. i remember that less in fact i really associate those earrings more with my mom just because you know my mom loved them and she loved the earrings she had and we got a pair together and um so it was more about the memory and less about oh this thing that i have but the memory that I have, that is actually a really good memory that I really cherish, even though how things ended with him did not end the best. Um, and I had to do a lot of healing work around that, and that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> but the memory that I do cherish was him teaching me how to change my tire. That's an experience that has nothing to do with money, that has nothing to do with monetary value, that also has nothing to do with like accomplishing a goal or, you know, doing. It's really, it was the presence of teaching me something in that is a doing, right? So that one day when I'm on the side of the road, I know how to change my tire. That's a really important thing for everyone to learn. (laughs) So I'm going to challenge people to think about something in your own life. I want you to think about a memory of a time when a family member in your past gave you something. And I want you to think about a time in your past when you and a family member did something. See which one comes back the clearest. Yep. Because I can tell you, I can literally remember very little of anything that my grandmother gave me that where I was like, in the moment I was very thankful, but right where I'm like, today I'm like, wowie, right? Like I know there was a baby doll and I really liked the baby doll and stuff like that. But at the same time, I wasn't that into baby dolls, but I knew she liked baby dolls. There's a mixed thing, just like with the earrings. Yep. The diamonds, right? So, but I do remember my grandmother and I walking together at Antioch Park and doing that up until she got too ill to do that. Yep. And so, and we have pictures of me very, very little at that park with her. I remember what she'd wear in her hair, all those things. So I'm just going to challenge you because you may remember a thing, but I'm going to think that the majority of people are going to remember a memory. So how can you bring that into your life and your relationships? With your kids. That's teaching them purpose because it's teaching them that being present, being with people, building experiences, like that's, that's what purpose is, you know, that that's what purpose is all about. And our last one is above all, teach them about faith and trust, how to feel things in their body and why our ego does show up. Give them the tools that many of us were never given as children. We're shaping the next generation. We get to show them boldly how to shift this paradigm. It's pretty powerful. And I want you to feel into, do you know how to feel feel your body and come into your body and feel things in your body? Do you know why your ego is showing up and what it is trying to say and how to work with it in a productive way rather than feeling beat up and beat down by your ego? Do you know how to trust? Because... Sometimes we have it backwards that trust is, I just know God's going to get me through it. God's just going to get me through it. And that's having faith and trust. No, trust is saying, I'm supported. I'm supported by God. I'm supported by the universe. It's all going to work out great. Yep. 
and that's having a shift having faith for those of you who maybe don't don't find yourself very religious or spiritual or or believe in God faith is also just having faith in yourself knowing that you're going to be able to face things that are difficult and that you'll be all right um faith can look like many things so what is your relationship with faith um i did a deep dive in on my website that's all about faith. So if you want to check that out, I can drop the link below. Um, but really looking at what are the tools that are in your toolbox that you can really pass down to your children. And if you don't have tools in your toolbox, honey, it's time to get some. We need to start taking responsibility for the world in which we want to live in. And that begins with us taking responsibility for our lives. And show that to your kids. Show them that you are going after getting the tools to put in your own toolbox. Yes. That will teach them how to do the same thing, that it's okay to reach out for help, that it's okay to learn and to grow, and that healing and life, that they are all a journey, never a destination. And when we open those lines of communication, then a purpose really comes through. Yep. Mm -hmm. I even had a client recently who was like, oh, I know I need to meditate more. I just get really, you know, busy with, they have a toddler. So they're like, oh, I just get really busy with, you know, my kid. And I said, meditate with your kid. Absolutely. And she looked at me and she was like, oh, I never thought of that. And I was like, yeah, why does it have to be separate? That's that's the invitation here is if you're really going to teach your kid's purpose, you have to show up. Yeah. You have to show up in it. And all of it, and the beautiful and the messy and the crazy and the all of it, all of it. All right. We hope you got a lot out of today. And if you love our podcast, please consider supporting the show and all that we do with a small monthly donation. It helps us sustain all of our future episodes. We do this from the passion and the love in our heart. Um, and so we would just love any support you would like to give. And if you want to do that, you can do that at anchor.fm slash sassy soul sisters slash support. And if you want some extra support for yourself, uh, if you want to work on any of these actionable items for yourself, we would love to invite you to book a session with us. It is a sassy soul session with both Heather and I. And you can check that out on the link below in the uh, description, um, or you can head to sassy soul sisters sassysoulsisterskc.com. And please follow us on all of the social medias. We're on Facebook at Sassy Soul Sisters. We're on Instagram at sassy.soulsisters. And of course, our podcast is wherever you podcast, including Spotify. And until next time, my dears. Have a good one. Have a good Bye, one. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Sassy Soul Sisters podcast. Your place for exploring the inner soul healing in its many forms. Make sure to check us out on Facebook as the Sassy Soul Sisters. On Instagram as sassy.soulsisters. And on our website, www.sassysoulsisterskc.com. And as always, keep, keep it sassy, sassy and, and heal, heal out loud. loud.